Okay, this is Raghu, and I'm back with Mind Rolling. And um, this week, folks, I'm turning the keys over to Noah Marcus, my son, who is going to talk to uh, Jamie Cato. Jamie, welcome. Nice to see you. Jamie, of course, director, producer of the film Becoming Nobody. Noah, take it. All right. It's all mine today. Thank you very much. For those of you who don't know me, I do some work for the foundation, and occasionally they let me uh, write some stuff for their websites, so it's all fun. Wait, uh, you, you edited that great cookbook, everybody. That's, uh, right, actually, yeah. that's a wonderful thing. I'm glad you brought it up, because it's a wonderful uh, thing that was created a couple of years ago, and it has some of Ramdas' memorabilia and pictures, and so it's a really great thing. So yeah, I'm glad you and, mentioned it. Uh, the Changing Lenses... Uh, book of Ramdas stories. I also helped out with that, which is yes, yeah. really one of my favorite things I've ever gotten to do. So oh, everyone should check that out as well if they haven't. Okay. Um, but today we are here and celebrating the release of the Becoming Nobody DVD. So yes. Congratulations, guys. So yeah. This, really cool thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be January fourteenth, actually, the day this podcast is released, I believe. Jamie, all of this stuff, so fun. I mean, the movie has been in theaters since last September, and continues to show in various theaters around the country. Uh, but now, with the download and the DVD being available, uh, this allows anyone and everyone to be able to see this film so for us it's a it is momentous yeah when we made the film we made it to be an endless bottle of medicine so that forever and ever that beautiful transmission of humor and love and kindness and wisdom is endlessly available as many times as you want to watch it you know some people take this film they watch it over and over again as their little reboot in the morning now you can really do that um, and have it you know whenever you want to check it out it really is like an it instantly brings that wise, kind part of you to the front. Mm. Um, and and as, soon, as long as that wise, kind part of you is at the front, all the other parts of us are in context. So it's like an instant sort of piece of medicine to keep wising you up, you know, and, and now it's available just exponentially, endlessly. It really turns me on. Mm. That's great. Yeah. Very, very nice. Wise yeah. and kind. Yes. So um, let's just, we'll start off with a softball question. Um, since uh, we're just getting warmed up here, but uh, yeah, becoming nobody. What what does this concept mean to uh, to each one of you? Rob, okay, you? I'll take a crack first, there, Jamie. Um, and Jamie, actually, when the film was playing around th- theaters and as it plays around, Jamie came here and went around and did Q and As and talked about the movie to many different audiences. And w- we did it only one time together, which I look back and go, "How did that happen? That was fun." Uh, but uh, as as I said then, uh, Jamie, the uh, Ramdas to me is synonymous with this title, becoming known, uh, becoming nobody, and it relates to the first time I met him. And and uh, I won't belabor the story because many people on Mind Rolling have heard me tell this story in terms of uh, hearing about Ramdas because I was running a uh, rock and roll radio station in Montreal. And uh, they asked me to uh, support his program at McGill University. And I asked, well, okay, who's that? You know, oh, Richard Alpert, Tim Leary. Of course, I loved them. And next thing you know, uh, I, I listened to a tape, which I had brought down. And uh, 
course, every word was like, oh, my God, thank God, there's life <laughs> where I had known it before. So, and then I went to meet him, and that's the becoming nobody part, because uh, he just, uh, I, he was alone, and he was in a house in Montreal, where I'm from, and he, the way that he held me in his embrace and attention, and full of loving kindness, it just, I, I had never been encountered that way, maybe when, you know, with my mother, when I was an infant, uh, but I had never really been encountered that way uh, and seen that somebody actually could leave aside their persona and their, in his case, the Ramdas or the Richard Alpert-ness like he did in that moment. And from that moment, I just, uh, the next thing that happened to me was this gigantic trust and so, uh, which really informed the, le the rest of my life. And, uh, and of course, his passing, which we haven't even mentioned here. Uh, it's, gotten, it's only, what, two and a half weeks ago. Here we are in January of uh, 2020. And it's just set off a whole complex uh, amount of feelings and uh, thoughts. And uh, the input has been extraordinary around the world. I mean, just extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And I had never really realized his impact that was so strong. So aptly titled this movie, Jamie, Becoming mm -hmm. Nobody, where you're not giving a shit about yourself so much anymore. It's like, what can I, you know, in the movie, the, the penultimate thing in the movie is when he says, no, when is enough what I want? When is it enough what I need? You know, it's much more interesting to think about others and see what you can do to serve them however which way he said it in the movie and mm. uh, that's becoming nobody for me yeah i mean all of that and more i mean i just feel that that either we're awake or we're asleep either we're awake to our loving kindness in which case we're not so preoccupied by all the drama and melodrama of what do i want what do i need how am i looking here well, what do people think of me you know and then there's the dimension of the ego where all those concerns of the individual personality and its self-cherishing are really important. And, you know, Ram Dass talks during the film about living in both places. While you're a human, you're always going to have an ego. You're not going to suddenly not have one while you're a person. And uh, so there's two places to be awake at once, the loving, kind one that's watching and the ego that's in the melodrama. Most people live their whole life with just the ego in the melodrama thinking that's everything. But when you're in the one that's just watching, it's much less personalized. The part of us that's just loving presence in you is kind of similar or if not the same to the part of you, me that's loving presence, the part of Raghu that's loving presence, the part of Ramdas and everyone listening here, loving presence. All of our loving presence is kind of one thing. And in that space, we're nobody. It's not about my individuality or your individuality. It's just about the isness of all of us. And that's a nobody space, you know, so becoming nobody for me in this film is like waking up not to put the ego thing to sleep because that's always going to be awake while i'm a human but to, to bring in the second parallel tv channel of loving kindness where it's a more of a nobody space it's not about what do i want it's about how can i serve you how can we be intimate together how can we create more joy how can we live this moment fully together how can we be of service those kind of questions which aren't about the individual you know self-cherishing part yeah. You know, uh, just to interject, Noah, uh, 
the way you speak, Jamie, it sounds <laughs> as if we had this designed out four years ago, now going on four and a half, whatever it is. Yeah, we knew becoming nobody and every all the material was going to completely uh, address the uh, the roles and the identities that we that are created through all of the different means uh, in our lives and and how do we deal with those and and then what how to deal with you know like we had a timeline right from the very get go not okay <laughs> i mean no let's, no it's one of those things let's you get real put the best bits together and then it reveals itself you know, we were going to call it walking each other home at the beginning, but I took so long to deliver it that by the time we were nearly done, Ram Dass had already done a book called Walking Each Other Home, so that was off the menu. But we were looking at different titles, and, and yeah, I mean, really the point of the film was just to show the warmth and the humor and the, and the uniqueness of Ram Dass's message. Like, Raghu used to tell me off when we were in production when I would refer to it as Ram Dass Greatest Hits. It's like, whatever you do, do not say that to the foundation. <laughs> that yeah. is not what we're doing. Uh, but it was all about, you know, turning towards, as my all my workshops and my stuff is inspired by Ram Dass, is about turning towards that which everyone else habitually turns away from. Instead of looking at it as a suffering thing I don't want, you look at it as curriculum that could be benevolent. How is this helping me? What am I being shown? It's a curious, yin, surrendered, trusting atmosphere rather than a controlling, strategizing, keep my comfort zone safe at all costs one. And... Um, so, you know, we had the sort of subjects which we felt were the most relevant to humans today, particularly around turning towards adversity and, and what we call suffering, pain. And uh, so it was, all, it was all just gathered around the stuff that we felt was the most poignant and the most sort of saying Ram Dass's message. You know, it begins with how he talks about becoming a somebody and developing an ego. So that's the birth part of it. And it ends with his incredible, incredible rallying call about death itself and how to die and how to look at it as an adventure. And when he's saying that, I watched it for the first time since he passed the day before yesterday when I was doing the music cue sheets for the TV. And uh, I always knew when we cut it that we were really making the film that was supposed to be seen from beyond the grave. It was, it was that, you know, this is the film that's forever for all the years yeah. to come when people can't get in the room with him. And God, hearing him say that last speech from beyond the grave, it had a whole different no, vibration. No. And when he looks into the camera and says certain things, like the, the shot in the swimming pool, when he's saying certain things, then he comes up and then just opens his eyes and smiles deeply into the camera. It's like he's smiling at all of us more because he's not in Maui. He's here. You know what I mean? It's like he's more close to us in a way because he's not physically in Maui, which is freaking miles away. Um, so when he smiled into the camera at that moment, it was like he's there, right there with everyone who's watching. It's so, so, so powerful. It's great timing for him to go where he's gone and avert World War Three. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's I, I. I was watching some of the movie this morning uh, to get ready here, and yeah, that's uh, the part that I queued in on as well. That that ending, you know, the, the denouement, so, so to speak, there when he's talking about death and that one really powerful passage on yeah that, in fact we couldn't resist in the music version of the music score the music for the film album that's coming out kind of alongside the dvd there's no ramdas talking on it's just the music but the last track which is that speech 
is on the record so that just uh -huh. as many people can hear it as possible yeah the record finishes with that speech and the music under it it's just yeah so amazing yeah and of course the great image from that you know death is uh is like taking off a tight shoe which you have worn well um amazing. And, and that's i mean when i first heard the news that was immediately what popped into my mind um when i first heard about ramdas's passing uh, mm -hmm. he's taken off was, his tight shoe was taken off that tight shoe uh, yeah. and then so yeah when i watched it today again it was uh, yeah it, it hit me and i was uh i was surprised uh, you know i was still uh i guess yeah we're not that far removed from it but still still dealing with some some grief from it that i didn't expect to have uh and yeah i was just wondering how how you guys are doing <laughs> how are you processing things i had may i go first because i feel like yeah, you know please. It's, it's, i had an experience that was it's the same as the experience i had when my best friend died and also when my dad died is like i felt a great surge of excitement alongside the tenderness like almost when someone dies because they've left physical manifestation and all the love that you had invested in that physical form comes back and it comes back so hard and fast that it can almost feel uncomfortable but i felt a sense of real uplifted and shininess and i very rarely have directly spiritual experiences very rarely but i had this experience that day where i could literally feel you know how like ramdas's smile is so wide it's almost like the cheshire cat the smile can exist without the man he's got this kind of ball of energy of just his natural smile and i just felt that natural smile like running into the arms of Maharaja, I just felt this beautiful reunion of him, you know, crossing over. And the, of course, the first person who's going to be waiting is Maharaja, you know, it's going to be the first hug. Um, <laughs> and uh, I really felt that hug, you know, I just felt the, mm. the, the jubilation of that reunion and how lovely that was. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Well, I'll tell you that uh, since I was with him over the retreat and and in the house after uh just a couple of weeks before he left i mean first of all that body was a corpse i don't know how i mean i was privy to seeing it without clothes on and i don't know how he did what he did by going to that retreat in december i mean he the only way i can understand it is what i was told once about what true will really is it's it's a will that's not yours it's a, it's completely aligned with the divine right so it's god's will and you're totally aligned with that so that you he, he could get to the retreat and give everything he had all the way to the end i mean to the point where like we had agreed we have this mala ceremony and everyone's handed a mala and, and they namaste uh, ramdas and maharaji and i we said to him you know you don't have the energy for 425 people here to do that you'd be here for hours doing that and he said okay i'll just sit you know so he sat up near krishna das and just you know blessed everybody and blessed bless the malas so we get to finally get there and the thing's going to start and he looks at me and he goes, okay, so I'm going to hand everyone a mala. I go, no, you're not going to hand <laughs> a mala. You can't do that. You know, you, you don't have the energy for that. So he pursed his lip when he went, you know, like a kid going, oh, you're not going to let me play with my 
friends. <laughs> okay, so he didn't care. He just didn't care about anything uh, other than others. <laughs> he didn't There's such care. a beautiful clip going around uh, on Instagram, which is a very short loop. It's only about four or five seconds long of him just at the end of that retreat, yeah. just waving yeah. to everyone. Yeah. And it really yeah. looks like the goodbye wave. It really yeah. looks like, thanks everyone, you've been great. You know, yeah. it I really mean, is so poignant. The how, look in his eye, you, you can really yeah. feel it. How well produced was that, though? He's doing that, you know, and then he leaves. I mean, yeah. That's extraordinary. Yeah. That's Ram two, two weeks. Well, he was day. always, he's always, he's always a very performative teacher. Yeah. You know, he has his stories. Yeah. He has his, you know, he has perfect comedy timing. You know, having heard some of the stories, you know, in different forms from making the movie, mm. you know, the bits which are pause, waiting for them to then get the punchline. You know, he's a he's yeah. an artistic master as well as a wisdom keeper. Yes, yes. Lenny Bruce of spiritual yeah. talks. Super funny. Yeah. So anyhow, so that that did happen. And and of course I knew. I mean, the goodbye that I got from him when I did leave was, uh, I, I just can only describe it as a tsunami of enveloped material love. I mean, not at all, any question about it. Of course, I didn't, you know, I, I knew it was happening, but I paid no attention to it thinking, oh, you know, I didn't walk out of there. Okay, I'm never going to, I just did, I buried it. I just buried it. And so when it happened, uh, it was... Uh, I mean, such an extraordinary shock uh, on one hand. On another level, the, what that body looked like. And I knew how much pain he was in. Um, I, uh, it, it, it was extraordinary that, that really, I can't tell you, I keep repeating how he possibly did what he did. Uh, and up to the last breath, I don't understand it. And, uh, and it, you know, it is the core of his legacy that, that the first, uh, when he came back to America, he had a jewel that was Maharaji, and he had it. And even though he was told, "Do not tell anybody about me," he could do <laughs> nothing but that, you know. And I, I asked him recently, "Why did you, why did you do that?" He told you not to do it. He says, "I, I thought it was a jewel. How, how could I not do it?" You know, it's like I think telling, it was also asking Maharaji me, teasing him. Yeah, no, of course, all of that. I mean, it wasn't like. Yeah, it was a all a big tease. It's like I had psychology. stories about Maharaji that he would do a miracle of some kind, and then somebody would say to someone else, "Hey, did you see that?" and share what happened. And Maharaji said, "He's a liar. Don't listen to him." Yeah, right. Yeah, no, he did that all the time. Uh, but but uh, <laughs> but the bottom line is what Ram. In terms of so the the human, we are human. You talked about it a little earlier. Take the curriculum, right? We are human, and Ramdas talks about it in the film. And he also talks about being able to be on more than one plane of consciousness at the same time. So we are going to have this grief. Right? Yeah. We are going to, at the same time, understand what a release this is for him. And he's bound like this for 23 years, okay, in a wheelchair. Uh, so there's that joy. And then there's the reality that I personally know, and not intellectually, that Ramdas was fully embracing moving forward and fully uh understood in the deepest part of himself that this this was when we say transition it means from a something to another thing that he understood that completely 
So, and, and we know because Maharaji said to us in India, uh, I will never let go of your hand. Mm. So we know that the first entrance into the bardo, that was there. And the rest of it, wonderful mystery. And, and Ramdas was well ready for it. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yes, much much more so than uh, pretty much any other person on earth. <laughs> no, I think the Dalai Lama is pretty. The Dalai Lama. Is just, is <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, Seventeenth Karma. Yeah, there's some. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all right. So Jamie, you've watched the movie. Raghu, you haven't seen the movie again since uh, since he passed. Huh? No. No. Mm. It was okay. very strong hearing the last thing he said to me in the movie, which is, you know, he he wanted to get across to me that, you know, my whole issue of like being included or being loved or being a good son or being whatever, all those things, you know, being welcome. He kind of said, you know, he basically made it clear to me, the only person making yourself unwelcome is you. You know, you're entirely welcome. You're one of my friends. I hang out with all these people and you're one of them. And you don't mm. see that, you know, mm. as if to say you're you're the only one keeping yourself. You're welcome. You're the only one through your neurosis that's keeping yourself small or or outside. And that's like a message for everybody. You know, everyone feels so unworthy. Everyone feels like, oh, those are the spiritual people, the enlightened people. Why can't I be part of that club? And everyone's already part of the club. Everyone has the potential for that river to run through them. Um, no one needs to do a certain amount of meditation or a certain amount of study except to realize there's no point in doing anything except let the river come through and surrender. So it's like lots of studying, like Adam Watts said, to realize there's no point studying, that the real thing is available at this moment now all the time. If you melt into being moved by that river of the divine, it's always, always available. Mm. I love yeah. that bit in the movie Alan Watts and he'd get drunk. That's so great. Dick, you know your problem is you're too attached to MDS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is great. I I mean, yeah, one of the things I love about the movie is uh you Jamie, you do. You let your uh you let your neuroses hang out and you're not afraid to address them. And that's one of the wonderful things about uh Ramdas as well, is he's always fully human and never, never hides it. Um yeah. The great neurosis and, of our culture is everybody having to have this perfected, groomed Instagram version of themselves and this shop window that they've edited themselves down to that doesn't oh, include the mess, doesn't include horrible. the crazy, doesn't include the fallibility. And therefore, the amount of intimacy we can experience with each other is so limited. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, what was it? Yeah, you said something at one point. Uh, Maharaji is uh, in your head. He's like a, a psychiatric nurse, yeah. um, <laughs> which always uh, which always tickled me. Um, uh, yeah, is, is RD with you there now? Is he up there too? With me? Yeah. And now that well, he's I passed, have him, I tell you I where he know. is. Look, he's here. Like, okay. <laughs> so anytime my phone turns on, he's got that look. That's perfect twinkle in his eye that's saying, hello, are you awake? <laughs> hello. It's like a very cheeky challenge, I find, in that look. So, uh, yeah, like I love to have that cheeky challenge to always remind me, one, are you awake? Two, are you being kind? 
yeah, that mm. that loving kindness. Is, yeah, there's uh, no point just being aware without the kindness because we all have a slave driver inside that thinks we're not good enough and is very kind of committed to that unworthiness. So if you, if you if it's just awareness without loving awareness, then you're usually going to use that awareness to make yourself feel terrible about yourself. Oh, I didn't <laughs> do any yoga this week. But, you know, without the loving kindness, you can just, you know, crucify yourself all the time on, on your unworthiness. So the loving part is, you know, he kind of distilled the whole lifetime of teaching to those four words, you know, I am loving kindness. That sums the whole thing up. Yeah. Loving awareness. Loving, loving awareness, sorry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the four words, and I got one of them wrong. That's totally what I, I mean. I, ever since he's passed, I, I feel him stronger inside myself than, than ever before. And just in terms of that, that loving awareness, loving mm. kindness. <laughs> you know. Feel it. But, uh, and I think a lot of people sort of are feeling that too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. My own experience, uh, because I was in touch with him so much over these years, uh, not every day, but certainly several times a week, and aside from actually being in Maui. Um, and I, so it's, there's no difference actually him in my head before he left and after he left. Like I'll just be working for instance. And, uh, you know, of course there's a deluge of emails that are coming in, including all sorts of requests, you know, send me something of his that kind of thing and so i'll i'll react to uh one of these emails. are you absolutely serious that you are writing about this now kind of thing and then boom i see his face like on jamie's phone <laughs> going oh we need to just envelop everyone with love and i i'm saying a little bit cynically because I can't always go there, but I am being pushed. I have been pushed for these last 15 years since he's been in Maui. I have been pushed like this by him and it has affected me. I have gradually gotten better at, uh, you know, this judging cynical thing. Right. So, uh, and, um, in terms of loving awareness, you know, that is such a great teaching of his. Uh, in the last number of years and uh, let me it fits with be here now so well and i had a direct experience of it with him not that long ago uh i think it was the spring retreat i was there and lots of arrangements were being made it was first thing in the morning breakfast was happening going to happen and i had a ton of stuff in my head about you know how i'm producing this that or the other and so, you know, suddenly I thought, well, wait a minute, I got to ask Ramdas something about whatever, you know, arrangements, logistics. So I ran upstairs and he was in his bathroom. He was shaving. Right. And I run in there. I got to tell him this stuff. We got to make these arrangements and everything. And he looked up at me and he put his razor down you know, on the sink, near the sink. And he did that same thing the, the first time I met him, completely enveloped me in this loving awareness. 
Okay, that's kind of the best colloquial term we can use for what what that was like. And immediately, it was like the car I was driving that was going 100 miles an hour hit a wall and disintegrated. And there I was with him. And he didn't say anything. I couldn't say a word about what, what I was trying to do. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And we just had this moment. I mean, that's kind of the extraordinariness of this uh, of this human, you know. And and he we you know we've known each other for a long long time, and this still went on. You know, this this it wasn't he wasn't trying to teach me anything. He was just being it. He was being that thing that you know my runaway car had to go into a wall because it couldn't go it couldn't go forward in in the light of this awareness this loving awareness yeah yeah that's very nice uh i guess we were sort of talking about neuroses a little bit and there was some part of the movie where ramda says you just make friends with them and they come by for tea Mm. uh they come back as schmooze. They, <laughs> is that what? You know, we've built them up into be such phantoms because we're so comfort addicted. We won't even look at them. All of our demons and our little characters who are strategizing or anxious or angry, they feel so uncomfortable. <clears throat> we're so in a get a headache, take a pill culture that anything uncomfortable, we're constantly turning away. So they turn into these big phantoms. Oh no, I couldn't look at it. Oh no, no, no. You know, it becomes. But actually, when you take one quarter turn towards them you realize like Raghu just and Ramda said, they're just little schmooze. They've just become huge shadows by looking the other direction. A tiny bit, you know, we've made this map of ourselves of what can be seen and can't be seen. And round the edge, it's like one of those antique maps that say there be dragons. <laughs> and that's what we've built them into, these big dragons. But one tiny quarter turn towards them, which doesn't take much, you realize they're just like child chalk drawings of dragons. And one little... And they're gone and they come with treasure behind that's been, you know, they're not just neutralizing dysfunction and pain. They actually have treasure. So many babies thrown out with the bathwater of what parts of us were not welcome and what parts of us were, you know, should be hidden away. So it's this, these little demons and parts that are, these little demons that he calls schmooze, I believe are parts that are trying to protect us. They're like little children in us that are trying to not feel pain. And with the best conclusions they can draw, they're trying to, they're like bodyguards to the best of their ability. They, they think they're helping the schmooze. So we kind of have tea with them and just remember, listen, that you're a schmoo, I'm the adult. So you carry on being a schmoo, I'm going to make the decisions about life. Um, and they feel very relieved. Mm. Okay. That's good. My, my tea parties aren't so calm these days. So I need... Uh... You need some turning <laughs> towards them. Yeah, I need to get control of my schmooze, I guess. Um, <laughs> I've got a book all about that called Insanely Gifted. Turn okay. your demons into creative rocket fuel. It's You go schmoo by schmoo through the book. <laughs> <laughs> That's there another is, book, schmoo by schmoo. I, I quote him like numerous times throughout the book. Yeah, As so Ram does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's when I'm not just taking it and passing it off as my own. <laughs> it's it's pretty easy because uh, I mean the wealth of his uh, fifty years of uh, of recordings or, or more is extraordinary and uh, and we experience I experience it of course I've been experiencing it now for years doing these podcasts with him the Ramdas here and now podcast and 
I keep saying to people, I think almost everyone, wow, I didn't expect this. I've heard these a billion times and I didn't hear this, him say it this way or this, there, that, whatever. And uh, it's pretty unusual. It, it really is. Hey, Jamie, what in the world? I, I've never asked you this. What made you think to do this film? What made, where did the idea, what was the moment when, geez, you know, this, what was it? My whole artistic life has been about showcasing things I think are amazing. Like one giant leap is like, listen to how amazing Baba Mal is. Listen to how amazing Ramdas is or Eckhart Tolle or any of the singers and players, the drummers of Africa. Listen to this. You know, it's like when I see something amazing and that, that's like, end, like proper endless medicine, I want everyone to have it. It's like, wow, have you seen this? You know, like. And I didn't feel that any of the other Ramdas films, as brilliant as they are, got across that incredible warm transmission, that funny, warm, menschy, we're all in this together transmission. It, it was great, those films, but you didn't really get the thing that had touched me. <clears throat> the thing that had changed my life about Ramdas was the humor, the menschiness, the favorite uncle, someone who's fallible, someone who's using their own story as the cautionary tale making you feel like you're you're welcome in your craziness it's not such a big i'm not spiritual enough drama not busy busy being spiritual he was so down to earth and i didn't feel that really came across in the films and i wanted there to be a resource forever i, I was actually making another film about another teacher that i love uh, called gabrielle roth who invented the five rhythms dance and she's an amazingly articulate woman and very feisty and again a great spirit but i didn't finish her film uh, before she passed and I thought to myself at the day she died fuck I want to do the Ramdas film and make sure I don't do the same mistake I did with her and take to you know not manage to to pull it off you know it was like wow I've got to do this hmm. and I wanted to make just the endless bottle, bottle of medicine of Ramdas medicine Ramdas medicine for everyone forever so that it's so it's always available to anyone as long as we have ability to show movies I want people in the year 2932 to be on a spaceship to do a re retreat on Neptune and to be saying, Hey, let's get retro and we'll take acid and watch the Ramdas film. You know, I, I, <laughs> you know, it's forever. Mm. Everyone can enjoy Ramdas forever in the way that I ex enjoy him. Mm. Well, yeah, certainly has taken place. I, I have to say everybody, I don't know how many, how many of you are listening that haven't seen the film, but, uh, you'll be able to as of uh, the day this is uh, broadcast as of today as of today um one of the great things in this film of course it's got all of this wonderful archival footage that we have that is strung together in a way that speaks to becoming nobody which as i joked uh, with uh, jamie a little earlier it's not like we had that plan but <laughs> somebody had a plan and we followed it eventually, right? I mean, that's we it. were brave. We yeah. were brave because we had to look stupid in front of the uh, foundation a few times. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, so it worked out. Uh, but the interview that you did with Ramdas four years ago, actually, are we going on five years ago now? Maybe must be. It was two thousand fourteen. Fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. Um, the. There was also some grace there, to say the very least, because Ramdas, as everybody knows, because of the stroke, he has aphasia and uh, had 
we we also keep talking has we're all talking present tense. which is a, another I'm still yeah. in the present now with him, idea yeah. <laughs> yeah um so you never knew when he'd be able to express himself in a way that was really uh more profound uh for something like a movie right so again Jamie goes over there and hits the jackpot. He was there. For, I think you interviews went on for three days mm. and Ramdas was speaking extraordinarily well in that moment. And, uh, I, it, Jamie, I don't know if I ever told you this, but, um, I said to Ramdas when you, you know, suggested this idea, this project, and I was asking him if he wanted to do it. And I said, yeah, you remember Jamie, right? He goes, yeah, right. We had dinner, chocolates, another friend. He goes, yeah, he's a real character, isn't he? <laughs> and I go, yeah, he's a real character. You're gonna, you'll like him. Uh, and what Ramdas does not like, did not like, is obsequious people interviewing him. That was something that you know, because they couldn't be in their because they're forcing Realness, him into the role. Authentic, the, yeah, right. The very thing he doesn't want to be, which is forced into the role of teacher, which divides, you know, he wants to be him, you know. Yeah, but also, you know, he doesn't want to hang out with somebody who's being un inauthentic in, in the moment doing a project like this. Mm. You know, it's not like somebody coming and asking him to be in the role of teacher. It's somebody doing something with him that's going to be presented to to an audience. That's a, that's a much different uh, thing. Mm -hmm. And so uh, as... Uh, Everybody out there, this is a wonderful, wonderful back and forth between Jamie and Ramdas that really uh, informs on his perspective from where he has been these last number of years, looking out pre-stroke. And as I've said to many people, many a time, Ramdas is now what he was talking about and pointing to before, and that uh, and that just that progressed and progressed and progressed through this book, Walking Each Other Home, fabulous book with Mirabai Bush, uh, where he was really addressing death. And we would talk about it all the time. And that just progressed so that it progressed to becoming nobody. It's kind of weird, this whole thing, the way it's all put together. I don't know who thought of that, Maharaj? <laughs> A little so bit of serendipity. Yeah. Um, good. Can we? Uh, since the the movie's out on DVD now, and people are going to be sort of they have the ability to watch it by themselves. And and download, by the way, got to throw download. that in there. Um, A lot of people don't look at DVDs no more. They look at that's you know, so. very true. But uh, getting getting this, it's a beautiful uh, little piece, and it has that beautiful poster of uh, Ramdas that uh, graphic it's really, was created. You know, it's a secret weapon. This film, really, because it's it, it's it's billed as a film about Ramdas, but really, it's a film about you. It's not. There's there's almost no biography Me? in it whatsoever. <laughs> Whoever's watching it, whoever's watching it, it's about you. It's speaking about your somebody training. It's about your upbringing. It's about what are your triggers? What are your resistances? How are you? You know, it speaks. To, it's like Randas sats. It's like an, a beautiful crafted satsang to you personally, whoever's watching it. You know, it, it, it's a film about whoever's watching it. Yeah, 
No, that's gross. I was watching it this morning and going through my moment of grief. Uh, it comes to the part where he's talking about awareness is the sky, and sometimes just a cloud of grief comes passing by. Mm. Right? I'm like, okay, that's kind of what I needed to hear right at this moment. Yeah, endless medicine. And maybe you'll watch it sometime in the future, and, and another piece will go, ah, oh, yeah. You know, it's like wherever you're at, it will meet you. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted a quick word on uh, sort of watching it alone versus watching it with a, a group of people and what sort of your experience has been with that. Well, uh, Jamie, you should go first because you did watch it many, many, many. I did watch it a number of times, but you many times, right? Well, I didn't watch it every every one of those screenings. I would like go and get a a, a veggie burger. Oh, <laughs> I know. I watched. The Honesty is our minutes. best policy. Okay. <laughs> After the fifteenth time, uh, but but uh, but I would watch the last fifteen minutes a million times because I was waiting to do the Q and A. Uh, but it, it was so beautiful in the group because it's rarer and rarer for us to experience satsang together and, and, and all laugh together at the funny bits and all cry at the sad bits and all feel grateful at the end and really a shared experience. And also I know people who I've given the link to who, who are people who are either dying or, or, or in, you know, needing that medicine and can't get out. And they watch it alone a lot. And it's their little companion to wake themselves up. It's their own little meditation bell that brings them warmth and brings them a feeling of inclusion. Because the thing about suffering can make you feel very lonely. We haven't learned to reach out in our suffering. We feel ashamed of it. We don't want to be any trouble. We don't want to look weak. There's a million reasons to not reach out in our suffering. And so this kind of, this movie gives you a companion. Even if there are no other humans around, you feel the warmth of Ramdas is with you. You feel the warmth of just truth itself the loving envelope of life itself with you when it brings that part of you to the front. So it's been a really beautiful companion for a lot of people watching it alone. Mm. Yeah. I'll tell you, uh, the first experience I had watching this film uh, with an audience was in Maui because the first time it was shown publicly was at the Maui Film Festival in uh, June of this past year. And Ramdas came. I'll tell you one funny little bit. Of course, we would show iterations of the film. And and like Jamie said, I did have a little bit of blowback at times with where we were going with it. We're uh, going to have to start the whole thing again. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, but anyway, we started to get it right. And then at one point where it was getting more right, I, somebody said, okay, Ram Dass, how, what do you feel about this? He went, I don't know. It's like a bore watching this guy go on and on and on, meaning him. It's, Did he say, it's a lot of me. Yeah, it's a lot of me. And so he <laughs> said, I said, this is what the movie is, you. What do you mean? Anyhow, um, so he came and we, we saw the movie, of course, seeing it on a, a gigantic screen is so very powerful uh, for any movie, obviously, these days. Uh, but uh, at so the audience you know, they cried where they should have cried. They laughed where everybody laughed, you know, and there, and the way that that happened, of course, brings people into a heart space that is uh, unmatched because of the volume of souls and hearts that are there. And then when they join together like that, it's a powerful experience. Why it's called satsang in this case, because it's uh, satsang because we're talking about consciousness we're talking about a shared heart ramdas is so i went up to ramdas at the end and i said so what'd you think and he goes 
I get it. That's what he said. <laughs> I get it. He got it. He got the power of the movie. Yeah. People. Yeah. Now, uh, when I saw him before the movie was out, you know, we had our usual kind of connection that was was lovely and beautiful. But the connection we had, which was the last time we connected, when I was having a meeting with you, and you said, "Hey, there's someone here that wants to say hi." Mm. We were at his kitchen table. Mm. He was really lit up you know he was really like thank you wow you know he you could see he was really touched and moved it was such a beautiful opportunity at the maui screening for everyone to love him up like crazy you know what i mean it was like a possibility for so many people to, to just appreciate him through the placebo of the movie everybody just like could just pour their appreciation and love towards him and I, and you know that was that was really special mm. yeah it was it was lovely really lovely and uh so from that point on of course he he uh when everybody asked him about the movie he said the right thing <laughs> and didn't say well, all of that me who cares yeah yeah exactly. uh, i i watched it uh one of the screenings uh at the uh, retreat one time before it was uh before it was out and i watched it with ronda sitting there and afterwards i turned to him and go so is that sort of like watching someone else's life at this point for you and he goes yeah mm. yeah i bet so yeah i, I mean, bet a, a long a long time ago there's yeah. so many uh, different incarnations of ramdas in the film there's everything from his uh, looking like a beautiful wise baby and toddler on his tricycle but you can <laughs> see already there's someone in, you know somewhere special something special going on in there there's shots of him when he's like almost like a in his early 20s and you know, in his suits, trying to trying to conform. There's a beautiful clip of him, you know, when he was a very young Harvard professor explaining the psychedelic, all the way through the sort of full-on huge beards and caftans and hippie stuff, all the way through looking a little bit more conservative and a bit more like a sort of middle-aged teacher, you know, all the way through to, you know, old age. I mean, every incarnation of him is represented. Mm. But yeah. is it, it's mind-blowing that, his father in 1931 had a camera right because there's baby baby film in, in there you yeah. know and then through with the tricycle all that stuff holy god that was incredible to have that that we had that, that was the last minute addition to the movie i think it might be the last shot that went in when you really? sent me all this food we've just found this incredible footage of ram does as a baby mm. you have to get this in the movie it's like <laughs> where does it go mm. that's uh <laughs> by the way uh we have to thank Kathy Alpert, his niece, who provided all of that. Yeah, fantastic. And also Rachel, um, in your office. Not yeah. Rachel. Yes, Rachel. Yes, Rachel. Right. You looked at me like I thought I got the wrong name wrong. I thought, oh, Christ, not again. <laughs> Smoked too much pot. Um, oh you know, she, she was. She had a massive. You know, she some of her greatest hits because she's been doing the Instagram and choosing different bits. She had some but beautiful, beautiful offerings that really, really added to the film. Well, she develops the content in Ramdas. Yeah. So, yeah, he was great. For sure. No, I mean, I, sure. I know you guys said you didn't want it to be a sort of best of Ramdas, but it encapsulates his core teachings just yeah. beautifully. Yeah, and I'm, so I'm not. Does. I'm, you know, I'm not going crazy about the best of. I mean, I don't. To me, it's it's just far more profound, but. Uh, I absolutely agree with you that his 
the core teachings are represented here. Even if you have seen some of these, you know, in other spots on the website or on our YouTube channel, uh, the way that it is handled. And there's some great fun B-roll in here, you know, that uh, uh, this, a lot of this great, that 50s footage. We got, and you want to call out to people? We got to call out to Zach and Karen, right? I yeah, mean, in terms and especially of, Anya as well, because she she saw three quarters of that footage. She saw the the scenes where Zach and Karen had done the old fifties footage, and she went online and, and the, the, the last editor, and yeah. she went and found like mm. she was incredible. She's a real unsung hero of the yeah. movie. It's like yeah. what what how the movie changed from when we when she before she had it and after she had it. That's why I I, I use this beautiful company called Wing Productions in London because they do like adverts for Puma and the gold cup and like really high end stuff. And I was thinking they don't let anything out of their building that doesn't look amazing. Mm. <laughs> so if I can get them to take it in the building, mm. it won't come out anything other than amazing. Cause they're mm. so, so picky and like unbelievably like, so it was a great, great move. And she, this beautiful Russian female editor um, called Anya, she first saw the rough cut that we had was so moved by it that she, immediately immersed herself in all the Ramdas stuff and came to my workshops and she read a Ramdas book and f fully immersed herself in falling in love with Ramdas and then she edited it really? you know she really did a it did it a brilliant way she didn't just jump into the cut she yeah. first of all fell in love with Ramdas and then got it and then made the cut well there was nobody involved in this film Jamie that that uh, wasn't affected in some way or another by yeah. Ramdas even if they hadn't known much you know before mm -hmm. they got into it so we were we were lucky to have some fantastic people helped uh, support and i can't us. tell you how many letters i'm getting every single day from people in europe people in england especially saying look when can we see it when can we there's a real massive demand for people they're sending me can you show it at this cinema can you show it at that cinema like so many people mm. you know love him just yeah, they love it, him yeah yeah no it's pretty amazing and uh, um, i'll say one last thing here i guess we're we're getting closer to the end but um and we got a lot of different uh, testimonials about this film. And I have to say, the one thing that is so fantastic, and certainly I know this myself from repeated viewings, but uh, we have a friend who's a podcaster named uh, Aubrey Marcus, a wonderful man, and uh, has a great podcast, by the way. And he said, amongst other things this movie is the fact that it's available when you're going through some really down periods in your life that you can you can put that film on and connect with it is a is a way to uh, extricate oneself from getting lost and and for me it's uh, you know focusing a lot around getting lost in in that so self-subjective, as you said, self-cherishing manner uh, that uh, this becomes like a, you know, those yoga props that they have, you know, to help you get through awesome. Yeah. This is that. Yeah. It's a prop. It really is. But with, uh, that features somebody who, I mean, the, the level of, uh, the multiple levels of what he, what he has given. And we, you know, we want to go too crazy, but still, uh, <laughs> I mean, the the thing that occurred to me when he passed, uh, you know, of course, what he's given us, the family that he brought back, the feeling of family from India that he learned there, that we and 
we all learned there too after we went over uh, the second time with him. The, the satsang, which we've talked about, the heart wisdom, it, it's extraordinary. But to me, above everything, because of that honesty with himself, it was okay for us to be freaked, okay? It's okay. You know, you con- I constantly have that thing with him. It's okay. We're, you know, we're taking the curriculum. We're doing the best we can. And we, we know what the target is. And we need to do some stuff around it. We do need to do some practice. We can't be just screw-ups hanging out going, yeah, it's all okay. So we know, and he's given, you know, Ramda certainly has given us many, many different kinds of methodologies. He's went into many different traditions. So it's all, all there available. And actually, Noah, you just to mention this, because in the end, people, okay, they watch the movie. Now what? What could we do to activate this? And uh, if you go to becomingnobody.com, uh, by the way, there is a, what's called a starter kit, which is Ramdas's ori- some of his original uh, uh, teachings around the different levels of, of consciousness that we embody and the kind of perspective that we keep and how that can be transformed. So that's available. And Noah, you you were working on this wonderful uh, meditation and mantra page that's going to come out uh, in early February that is a bunch of different, we've curated different Ramdas uh, practices that that's what we need to do, all of us, yeah. to yeah. activate it in our lives. So to me, this movie is like a jumping off point. Uh, it, and, and you can always go back and refer to it and kind of get straightened out a little bit. But it's, uh, as a dumping off point, it's okay, what do we do now? Because there, there is a something to do. Beautiful. And on that bombshell. The bombshell? <laughs> what? I'm just saying that was a beautiful ending. Oh, I see. Uh, that's a British thing I don't quite grasp. Even though I, my podcast partner is David Silver, uh, he comes out with those things all the time. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> Anyhow, thanks, Noah, for being the interlocutor. How thank do you, you like that? For, uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. Lovely. Father and son team. That's what we need more of in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's so great. I'm so happy. All right, well, thank you, guys. And thank you, Jamie. It's really, really great. Beautiful hanging out with you guys. I'm going to put the kids to bed. It's midnight. I can still hear them singing in the piano room. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All the best. This is Mind Rolling on Be Here Now Network. We shall see you next week. Namaste. Namaste, everyone. Mm